the, the forefront of the racing scene. Uh, so I always love to come back and have the chance to be in a top team like uh, Myershank Racing. Um, you know, for personally, it's it, it, it's it's amazing um, to think about what has gone on since since we decided to work together. Um, joining Elio, obviously, on the IndyCar side and and also on the sports car side uh, with with Oliver and Tom. Um, fed 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 right right away. Just fed like. Uh, you know the relationship started really quickly to grow, and um, and also felt like the the vibe was right. Um, and this weekend, it just felt like okay, we had some setbacks, but we fought, and everybody kept a good spirit. Uh, obviously, my mate Elio here is really good at doing that within the team. <laughs> but um, but there's a great atmosphere, and obviously, um, good people uh, get good results and, and get what they deserve. So. Um, just very happy, very proud of the entire team, quite frankly. You know, it's my first race with my Shank Racing, but uh, if you really look closely at what happened today, the strategy was just fantastic. Fantastic. You know, every stop, we, I believe we were the fastest on pit lane. I haven't seen the numbers, but I can guarantee you we were. And uh, the guys did a great job in the pits, no mistakes, execution was amazing. Uh, but first and foremost was the strategy. Uh, we were able to save fuel and, and go longer than anyone. And this, the, the team, the strategist, and Mike and, and, and Ryan, and they set themselves up to make sure at the end we would put less fuel in the car, it would take us less time to leapfrog everybody basically in the pits. And uh, that's what exactly what happened. So, uh, and find out also what's our rhythm, yeah. saving fuel, what can we do with that, and uh, any payoff. Absolutely. So, uh, I just want to say kudos to the entire team because. Um, we can do it without them, and, and today was a team team win. Thanks, Simon. Let's uh, let's slide over to your uh, to your right. Elio Castroneves, year ago, wins the Rolex Twenty Four for the first time with the team and the car that he ended up having to beat today to do it again. So two in a row in between. A race called the Indy Five Hundred for the fourth time. Uh, just What's prior to this last year's win was uh, Mike. Let's go to Le Mans. Come on, Mike. <laughs> championship in 2020, uh, me uh, winning the Rolex last year, and then jumping with Mike uh, and Jim for the for the Indy 500. We knew there is, you know, it's it's all about. It sounds cliche, but it's all about, about belief. I believe in them. They believe in me, and this is exactly what's happening with this group here, um, with Simon, with Tom, with Oliver. We all believe, and the team obviously, that we could do it. Uh, we we know the hard work. We know that everybody. In this entire uh, uh, series, I, we know that everybody worked pretty hard. It's uh, it's a very competitive series, very difficult. And Jim always reminds us of that, right, Jim? He's always says this. I didn't know it was going to be that hard and so difficult. It's true. <laughs> However, when we accomplish something that we just did today, oh, it, 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 it's priceless. So, in my case, uh, I'm still m very much passionate about it, learning every day, uh, having new teammates like Tom and Oliver, I know Simon from a long time, uh, you know, improving my driving skills and, and looking to the, everyone here. So that makes you a, a better driver and that's why I enjoy it. Um, that's why I have fun and that's why probably when you go out there, you push as hard as you can to win that, that Rolex.
and he's only getting better. That's right. <laughs> I said it's it. It's amazing. Last year I said I was only good wine, right, Mike? You did. And would you keep it going. Thanks, Elio. By, by the way, last year uh, when Elio won, yeah. Wayne Taylor and the team won, um, I, I told him how much we wanted to win this race. And being Elio, he immediately sends me a picture of the Rolex watch, literally as I'm getting off the airplane last year. So maybe this one works now. <laughs> <laughs> Send me a picture now. I'm happy. Uh, no problem with you. Jim, let's, uh, let's uh, slide over to Elio's, uh, Elio's right to Oliver Jarvis. Elio, this is your uh, second Rolex 24 win, first uh, overall win. You had a GT class win in 2013. Obviously, first time out here with this team after a long time with the Mazda uh, program. Um, how how gratified are you to have gotten the call to be part of this? And uh, and certainly, uh, you know, what is, what does it mean uh, to get this uh, right off the bat? Like you say, come close a couple of times with Mazda. Um, I've got a class win, but I always wanted to add the overall win. Um, it's such a special event, a special race, and to win it overall is an amazing feeling. And to do it with Mike and the team, um, I think Simon and Elio really touched on, on it. It's, it's a real team effort. I was so impressed, sat up on the pit wall throughout that race. It was so calm, so methodical. The way they went about approaching the race, um, you know, it was, it was like they'd won the race 10 times already. Um, I mean, I, didn't, I wasn't on the pit wall for the last hour, but up until that point, you know, absolutely faultless, calm heads, and, and that's what wins your races. So full credit to the team. Um, you know, it's, it's been an amazing experience so far. We've still got a full season to go, a lot of hard work to go. I've still got a lot to learn, new to the car, and I just hope we can keep on getting better. And this is the first of many. Exactly. Let's slide over to your right to, uh, to Tom Conquest. Tom, first Rolex 24 win, first Rolex 24 start. Ironically, the car you were supposed to drive here a few years ago went out and won the race without you. We don't need to go into too much detail on that unless you want to, but just how, how big a deal uh, is it for you to get here and, and get this win finally? Oh, it's, I was speechless after the race. I mean, you know, you, you, I dreamt of it. Um, you know, did I believe? Yes. But you, you never know. You, I mean, you know, it's 24 hours of relentless racing. And, um, you know, I was, every time I jumped in the car, you know, it's moments I felt really comfortable. At moments I was like, man, I can't get this car to work. It was just the, it was just a roller coaster of a race. And every stint here is just flat out. You know, you're managing so many things. You feel like you're racing nose to tail from literally the green light. So it's, it's very different to what I'm used to. And, and honestly, I've I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I've enjoyed teaming up with these two monkeys, you know, they're, they're supposed to be the mature ones, but they're definitely not. Um, but no, 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 the atmosphere within the team's been, been, been splendid, and, you know, I've really enjoyed my short time here at MSR, and, you know, to, to cap that off with a win uh, on debut is, is, is fantastic, and, you know, I'd just like to thank everyone, thank Mike, uh, thank Jim for putting their faith in me and, and giving me this opportunity, and hopefully, you know, today was able to repay a little bit of faith that they put in me, and, um, yeah, you know, it's, it's been great so far. So hopefully this is just uh, the beginning. Thanks, Tom. Let's uh, slide over to your right to, uh, to Jim Meyer, co-owner of uh, Meyer Shank Racing. Jim, as we as we kind of mentioned already, you know, Rolex 8500 win last, uh, last, last summer. Now you got a Rolex 24 win. What does that uh, mean to you as, as part of this, uh, this program? Tell you a funny story. When I met Mike, and, and he and I were talking through how would we, how would we put our team together and, and what would we do, and I said to him, 
God, you know, the two races, I gotta win, and we gotta win. I wanna win the Indianapolis 500 and the Rolex 24. Literally, at the end, of, when we were standing on the bank, I said, I'm out now. <laughs> <laughs> it means, it means, it really means, just means uh, everything. I mean, we try to have a team that, um, that we're very loyal to people. We try to have a team where we encourage really, really hard work, but we also try to encourage uh, a family atmosphere. I mean, one that people get along and people can trust each other. Um, I think our execution by both these four was flawless, and our team was I, those are the best stops. Uh, you know, it, it was really flawless, and we just kept getting better and better as the race went on. So, uh, and. You know, uh, our guys, in terms of strategy, uh, this is a hard sport. Like, I didn't realize how hard it was until I got into it, right? <laughs> it is really hard. And um, a day like today makes you forget all the other ones. Put it that way. Thanks, Jim. And then let's finally slide over to your, uh, to your right, Mike Shank. Uh, Mike, this is your second uh, second Rolex 24 win. The last one came 10 years ago on the 50th. Appropriate enough, today's number 60 uh, with the number 60 car. You've got uh, fond memories of that first win here. Uh, put this one next to that one a little bit if you can. Well, that you know that's well. The first thing I got to say is that uh, that day was really special with John Pugh and Oz Negri, uh, AJ Allmendinger, and Justin Wilson. And uh, we lost Justin at Pocono in 2015. Um, and so I kind of think about that first, which is I don't know. I just think about that. And, and, and what, what, what went on there. But to, to do what we did that year, which was just really catapulted the team and the business to another level, uh, really kind of started our trajectory that we're at today. And, um, and I'm really grateful for that. I met so many great people. Uh, my wife and I put everything on the line for the place. And uh, it started with Jim France putting his arm around me and not ever letting go. And, uh, <clears throat> and then I met Jim about four years ago. And my life got much worse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, super happy day. The 50th and the 60th is super special. Winning the Indy 500 is great, but man, I'm just so competitive. I'm just going crazy today because, you know, we, we came out of the gate and uh, we went from where did we start? Fourth? We, we sucked at fourth. We sucked. I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? We went right. And so, they, well, we went to work, right? We went to work and we made the car better, and they, you know, I stopped talking on the intercom. And, <laughs> but I'm very appreciative uh, of everybody here, including um, our sponsors, who, you know, Sirius XM and AutoNation and Arthur Wolf, and, and I'm obviously the big one is Acura and Honda HPD. These folks believed in these six, seven years ago, and um, uh, I could sit and just not do this without John and Kate and David Salter, who the guys at the top end to make sure we got them. Thanks, Mike. We'll go with questions. John McGee's will start over there. Others, if you have uh, questions, raise your hand, I'll get to you. Mike, what does it mean to get this first DPI win after all of the trials and tribulations last year and coming so you, close? Yeah, we needed this bad, real bad. I mean, we had a tough year last year, and I didn't make that, I mean, I made that very public, and I, and I didn't want to run from the truth, which was we had a tough year. And uh, we set about trying to fix it, and I told all these guys kind of the same thing. Here's where we were, here's where we're going. I'm not stopping until we get some kind of closure and some kind of competitive level that, that we're used to dealing with in the sports car world. And uh, today proved we're certainly on the right track. we got a long year to go yet. But uh, I liked our execution a lot today. And um, I'm just relieved, John. Just relieved. And, and to do it with almost an entirely new lineup. You know, you have 
drivers that you know, but compared to last year, I mean, these guys are all very specifically part of this program. I mean, you can see, uh, you know, Elio and Simon easily being, but these two, you know, I looked at them, I, I, I saw every document I could see on their speed and what they're doing, their capabilities, experience, and I just picked who I thought could um, be virtually the same speed and have the same kind of sensibility. I, I still don't know if I got it right yet, but I, you know, we'll see what, what happens at the end of the year. Uh, it, it's, it's uh, I don't know. Looking at some data and making a gut choice. Thanks, John. Let's go to uh, Nate Wright. Go ahead, Nate. I got a few. Um, Mike, uh, did you know? I mean, to win the Indy 500 and now Rolex 24 with Elio. I mean, I know you, you knew you were getting a championship level driver, but did, did you really? Has he surpassed your expectations? Uh, yeah. I mean, he's he's. He, I don't want. He's hitting the room, so it's hard to talk about him. But he's he's got everything covered in every spectrum of driving, from the business side to the driving side to the saving factor to the performance. And a lot of people talk about his age, but uh, you know, I kind of see through that. And uh, we made a decision, Jim and I, that we wanted to go with someone with experience when we came up with the budget last year to do six races with him. And, uh, and there was young guys out there deserve something. But we felt for our business at this time, we needed to make an impression that they didn't have more people. And that's, that's what we set up for. And uh, Tom, the decision to, to hand off to Elio, I, you know, I heard your TV interview. I know that wasn't easy necessarily, but can you just talk us through what that was like? Yeah, I mean, Obviously, it would have been fantastic to finish the race, but I've been in the, <laughs> I've been in the car quite a while, and, and I was pretty cooked at that point, and I, I was busting for a week for like, the last two hours, so that didn't make, make my life uh, very easy, but um, you know, Helio had been super strong all race, so you know, it wasn't like we were gonna you know, give anything away there, and you know, when you're pretty cooked, it's, it's never, you know, you can only mess it up, let's say, so. Um, but no, Helio did a, a fantastic job, and I think ultimately it just came down to, you know, it was still an hour and a bit to go in the race, and I think, yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's better to be safe than sorry, right? So um, no, I think ultimately we made the, the right call there. Uh, Elio, I heard you say, you know, tell Marty Snyder bucket list, you're taking them off. Uh, is Lamar next for you, the, the big the next to I'd love to. Uh, I've never been there. I'd love to, uh, to try, obviously. Uh, you know, you gotta go to those big events, and um, since I, I moved here to IMSA, uh, yes, Daytona was my goal to win it, and um, and being Le Mans once, we almost did it, we almost get it, but unfortunately with the clash of schedule, wasn't able to do it, so. Hit Pass Moto, sponsored by Moto America, is the show that keeps you up to speed on the latest in motorcycling and brings the biggest names in motorcycle racing right to you. From candid interviews with the top names in racing to providing insights into the trends and trendsetters driving the motorcycle industry, we have you covered. New episodes are available every Thursday at pitpassmoto.com and on your favorite podcast app. Right on. Hi, listeners. We wanted to take a moment to tell you about another podcast from Evergreen Podcasts and Sound Talent Media called Pit Lane Parlay. Pit Lane Parlay is the go-to podcast for IndyCar and motorsports-related news. Each episode, we discuss things like our favorite drivers, news clips from the last week, and generally giving each other a hard time about predictions we've made in the past and or life stories that have come up recently. We really have a lot of fun with it and really enjoy each other's company, and we hope you can come join us too. 
Join Pit Lane Parlay by following us on your favorite podcast today. Um, I, I don't think we're just talking about age is a problem. I think um, I'm not running out of time. I'm uh, just getting more experience, and experiencing this type of race is, is the key to, to be successful. You know they got another big race coming up here in three weeks. I, I would love to. I spoke with, uh, when I did SRX, um, I spoke with... Um, Everhan Everhan and Tony Stewart is like, hey, find me a car. You know, I just jump in. I'm sure a lot of people would like to, to see me. Who knows what's going to happen, you know? And uh, they talk about it, but nothing. Uh, it didn't get traction. But I would love to. Uh, I love to race, man. This is this is me. I know it's been uh, my entire life, and um, I admire respect. I know it's not easy. I I I understand everyone has your specialty and that's why when I moved to IMSA uh, I do believe I became a little better because you start exploring more of your your racecraft and um, today a big win was because of that uh, I know just I knew my competitors I knew what I need to do and I did and I heard you make the Tom Brady comparison like you did it in the with him and Phil Mickelson can you kind of expand on that and like why you feel you're in that right it was thing? a rumor that he was retired like, no he can't retire no he's my, he's my mojo you know <laughs> Well, it's just obviously this is all joke aside. I mean, uh, when you when you cross over sports, uh, you know Tom Brady. Uh, we talk about golf with uh, Phil Mickelson and all this. Myself at this point, when you have passion, when you study, you have a, a team behind you to support and teammates. Uh, racing is very competitive sport. You just gotta keep doing your homework, uh, being disciplined, and you um, will you will the result will show up. No question. And last one for Simon, uh, your first watch, I know this means a lot to you, and you're one of five IndyCar drivers to get a watch today, uh, which is pretty significant. Can you just talk about all that? Well, yeah, absolutely. Um, for me, it's um, it's about taking off the big races, um, you know, having won Indianapolis and now Daytona 24, it feels very special. I was lucky enough to run in Le Mans in the past and um, finished 13 seconds behind the leader uh, in second place. Hopefully, uh, someday, maybe I'll come back over there and try to, to get that too. But uh, yeah, let's go. I, I, I can show you places. I have a house not too far. Perfect. Yeah, we, we, we're all set up. Yeah, Mike, we all set taking up. notes? Like, no, they're taking notes right now, see <laughs> So yeah, no, it's, it's obviously, I'm super proud. Honestly, I tell you the truth is, I'm thinking my son. I'm just thinking, uh, I'm just thinking that he's gonna be proud of me later on. Uh, Very cute. You know, that I won those races. So that's, personally, that's, that's what I'm thinking about. Jenna? Hi, thanks. Uh, apologies, I have a few questions. I'm going to start with Mike. Um, Ten years ago, you were here, couldn't get an IndyCar engine, your fledgling team, you win the Rolex then, uh, you build this, you know, you keep building and building, you win an Indy 500. I'm just wondering, like, what clicked, what changed? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think, you know, it did actually. In 2017, I got the actor in a sex deal to run a GTD, which was a big, big thing for our company. And, and I was really proud to do really well with that program for them for four years. But when the prototype came open, you know, we jumped at it. But truly, when he came to me at 18, just opened a whole other network of people, of people we could talk to about partnerships. And, um, and it's just blossomed. And I, I just can't, you know, we have a new shop on the east side of Columbus, Ohio that's beautiful. And we're set up for the future. Um, and commercially, I think we can grow a little bit more. But, you know, I, what, what we want is wins and championships. and. Um, and not quantity, right? We want to run two or two of something, or maybe three, but not ten. And you know, we, we want to keep real focused and deliver on our with our partners and OEMs. And um, 
let it fall where it will. But um, it's 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 just crazy what's going on right now. It really is. I mean, it's hard for me to believe sometimes. Um, and what made you th what made you know that Elio could be the guy for you? Uh, again, numbers. Looking at numbers, when when Roger, you know, moved into the sports car, we looked at his last season of IndyCar, and um, it looked still pretty sporty to me. I really did. When we're looking at top fives and top tens, and you know, pulls and wins, and we're like, I don't know, I don't know. This seems. Kind of, and then you know, as we all know, IMS is the place, and, and you can I can argue about this, but I think I probably have two of the better guys, and probably Colton back there. Uh, at the IMS, you know, I mean, that's and that's what this is all about, you know, is uh, what can we do at the Speedway, how much effort can we can put into it, and um, and get the result at the Speedway. And I believe I have this year when I roll in there with these two guys, I got two of the top three or four guys. Elio, um, you spent a long time trying to win your fourth Indy 500. In the last, I don't know, one and a half or so years, you won your first career championship, two Rolexes. And you're fourth in 500, and you're 46 years old. So, what's your secret? <laughs> passion, you know, passion. When you uh, love what you do, and you enjoy it, and you have fun, and you have, and you're surrounded by great people, um, it's, it's, it make it happen. That's the secret. How much racing do you have in you? I a lot. Uh, the fire still burning. One of the quotes that Ricky Mears told me a long time ago, uh, you don't have the fire. If you start thinking about it, that's the time for you to stop. And it, it, I can't leave without it right now. Uh, whatever happens, yes, will happen one day. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but uh, I still want to be involved. I, I, I love this environment. It's my, my uh, comfort zone, my therapy, everything. You know, Every, every time you're in a weekend in the racing, it's, um, it's where I feel uh, most comfortable. Right now, whatever is next, I'm going to keep it going. And uh, in the crash season is the obviously uh, our goal. And Sam and I have a lot of work, and but we we know we can achieve uh, great great things. How many do you climb the fence? All of them. Jim? Jim climb the fence. What's that? Climb the fence. No, I did not climb the fence. Oh, <laughs> you skipped it twice now. Yeah, twice. And I feel okay about it. <laughs> and the rest hey. of you all did. And I'd like to. I'd just like to make one comment, by the way. Besides, uh, when we were able to come together with with Elio, we 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 had a kind of a really same process when we thought we had a chance, perhaps, to get Simon. Mike and I went and studied every race for I think seven years, and it really, really convinced us. With Ollie, we used his name in vain a lot last year <laughs> when, when when he was with the Mazda team, and so we knew. When we could get him, he was a fit, and I can tell you, Thomas doesn't know this, but the first time he tested for us, Mike called me and said, "We got our guy." Okay, we 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 got our guy, and so we love what we have. And I just want to remind everybody, we still expect to win an IMSA championship, and we expect to win an IndyCar championship. You know, we're we're not just content being any more the little team that can, right? And that's what this is about for us. And for Ollie and Tom and Simon, Simon, I know you have said that. Elio's Indy 500 win sort of legitimized in your eyes this team and, and made it a viable option for you. So I'm wondering for all th all three of you not named Elio, um, just you know what you think of this team and um, you know how you knew to believe in Jim and Mike and what they were building and if you ever thought you'd be climbing that fence. 
So from my side, I think just listening to Mike convinced me that you know he spoke about last year and he spoke about he was very honest that he felt they, they hadn't achieved what he wanted to. But I saw it from a different point of view, and that's that you know Penske came into the championship, Yost came into the championship, and none of them blew anyone away in their first year. It's a tough championship, and you look at the progression the team made throughout that year, and it wasn't just a you know, they stepped up to DPI. Um, you know, it's a really competitive championship, and to see that progression, you know, I knew it's a team on the up. I knew they've got a huge amount of capabilities, and you know, you see the way they run the, the indie program and, and this, and it, it was an easy decision for myself. Um, and then when you go to the shop and see the facilities they have, it, it just reinforces that. So, yeah, definitely an easy decision, but it was based on the way Mike's open and honest, and you know, the way his passion comes through. And I think as a driver, you can really resonate with that. And you know, as long as the guys have got the passion and the belief, then you know, when you come together, you can win stuff. So we're gonna we're gonna move pretty quickly now. We hey there, and welcome to the Joy of Paddle podcast, hosted by me, Minter Dial, a veteran of the paddle tennis world, and sponsored by Paddle 1969. Whether you're a paddle tennis aficionado, just beginning or have never even heard of paddle or padel as it's called in North America, this is an exhilarating new show that delves into the captivating stories of notable paddle personalities worldwide. In its inaugural season, you'll be treated to exclusive anecdotes, valuable tips, life lessons and humorous moments shared by esteemed professional paddle players, industry insiders and passionate paddle enthusiasts. With each season aligning with the Pro Tour, you can anticipate two engaging episodes per month. The Joy of Paddle podcast is part of the Evergreen Podcast Network, where you can find other great shows in a number of categories, such as sports, health and wellness, true crime and fiction. To find out more about Evergreen Podcasts, go to www.evergreenpodcast.com. Vamos! Vamos! 